I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Is my business investable? That's an extremely important question to ask yourself. And who better to ask than Damon John, the host of Shark Tank? Hear his response during an interview with Chris. You've got an interesting lens on this kind of growth because you see thousands of companies. Yeah. As you think back, when you're sitting in the, in the tank and you've got an entrepreneur pitching you, how do you first even evaluate if they're growing enough that they have a real business? Uh, is he the demand or, um, of, of products that they have not been able to supply or the fact that they're running through their inventory quite quickly? And you can have either one. You can have somebody who's saying, I don't even want to open up the floodgates because I'll be drinking out of a water hose, right? Or you'll have somebody saying, every time I put something out or I, I bring in a certain amount of inventory, it's gone. Mm. Yeah. So they don't have a sales problem. They don't have a, a, like a sales and marketing problem. They've, sales they've cures all out. problems. Yeah. And so if you see that there's that sales demand, that's to you the trigger that I can invest in this business, they're investable? Well, it depends, right? You can also get hurt too. You know, a lot of people come in there and say, well, we want to be on Walmart and Target. Well, they put just so many people out of business that they have put in business because they have a special, a very specific requirement of what needs to be done. And you may say, well, let me take in all the sales, first of all, right? All of a sudden you don't deliver in a certain amount of time. In my business, I couldn't deliver winter goods in the winter. I had to deliver them before the winter was coming. Yeah. Right. So um, the demand is one thing, but then structure um and foundation and processes is another thing because you can have a lot of sales and you know you won't be able to take it you will have heavy overturn with people you can't source people the right way imagine if you're growing to the point where you're you're putting on 10 people a month that is 120 people a year that's 120 personalities a year that you have to put together everybody on how things work i can barely tell you something you tell somebody else and it gets executed the same exact way Right. So imagine doing that. So it's a lot of things that go into it. So when you decide that, yes, this business is investable, you're, you're taking a gamble on the entrepreneur, on the demand that they say that they have. Yes. What are the couple KPIs that you start to look for to say, you know, like they have huge growth potential? Is it that it's a big market? Is it that they you know, like, what are you thinking about? It's never about being a big market because every market is big. I don't care what it is. So you know, the worst thing you could say is this is a $50 billion market. If I get 1% of that market, I'm going to, you know, be wealthy. Well, the bankruptcy market is a trillion dollar market. You might get 1% of that, right? So it's never about the size of the market. It's about how quickly have they been growing? How quickly have they been able to overturn? Where is the demand coming from? Is it real demand? And do they know their customer? Do they know every single thing about their customer? And can they replicate that same model in different cities, states, of course, online, uh, different demo groups. How can you blow up the company? Remember, I always say there's only three ways to deal with a customer. There's acquiring a new one, upselling a current one, and making one buy more frequently. Before you try to go out and acquire a new one, but how are you upselling a current one or making one buy more frequently? How are you basically supersizing everybody's fries? So when you think about buying more frequently, is it expanding products? Is it you've got more SKUs? I know like you did that with FUBU, but there's also a benefit to being a niche type company, right? That you've got a certain thing and you just focus and you just do this. So which side do you There's no to one way to, to, to do it. Because if you look at it, Under Armour and, and my company, we started out the same exact year. We were both highlighted in the film Any Given Sunday. 
LL Cool J was wearing FUBU, someone else was wearing Under Armour. Kevin, my buddy, he decided to concentrate on one type of shirt for 10 years, period. Now, he may have made it other colors. He may have supersized people's fries by making another color, making a long sleeve, short sleeve, but one really, uh, you know, specific shirt. He's going to do three or four billion dollars this year. Fubu's not, right? But on the way up, I did way more than him the first couple of years because I added a hat, a jean, a t-shirt, a jacket, a boot, bags, ladies, whatever the case was. So there's no one way to get to the finish line. It's just what are the processes that you put in place to get to the finish line? What do you think is is more common? I guess as your as your Shark Tank entrepreneurs are trying to scale, are they adding expansion products or are they just staying focused and selling more through more channels? They're staying focused. They're selling more, not often through more channels. They're selling more through the same channels, but they're getting the customer to be the biggest ambassador and they're supersizing fries. You know, I love to talk about Bomba's success. Bomba's success is that. It's just socks at the end of the day, but as they educate people about these socks that every time they sell a pair, they give away a pair to the homeless. Well, now you're having people buy more frequently because when they know they bought a pair for themselves, they know they've helped somebody. Well, now they're gonna buy 20 pairs for Christmas for their friends and share with their friends that they help somebody, right? So there's a whole different way. Of course, underwear and t-shirts are put back, you know, and, and added to it. But before they did that expansion, they made sure the communication was very clear that if you buy from me, you're helping somebody. And if you buy for somebody else, all of you are helping somebody else. And they have a story that's so easy to articulate. Yeah. You know, not every business has that. Yeah. When you were starting out, is that something that you put a ton of energy into? Is like our, our this is our story. It's easy very to clear. share. Very clear. Our story was this, FUBU, Forest Bias. Now, a lot of people thought it was only about a color when it's not. I, I always say never become the thing you're fighting against. But then other people realized it was about a culture. And then other people started to take it for whatever their FUBU for us bias was. Uh, you know, in Korea and Asia, FUBU is uh, massively big in the skate market. In America, it's the hip hop market, right? Uh, in America, they wore it baggy. In Europe, they, they wore it very uh, tight fitting. You know, in Japan and uh, other Asian countries, countries, they wore it almost as outfits where they would dress themselves up as kind of like um, characters, right? Um, and in America, they wanted to switch it back and forth. I want to make sure that my, my jersey matches my Nike. Whatever the case was, the FUBU was interpreted a certain way. Also in the creation of the name, what is FUBU? Is it Italian? Is it the poo-poo platter? You know, what is it? What is a FUBU, right? So there was a lot of different ways that we made sure that they took it and made it their own. And those who are buying, whether they're buying socks or whether they're buying Tom's shoes or they're buying lotions, they have this own, their own community to say, this is how this community has embraced it. I talk to a lot of founders that just want to outsource all their marketing. Yeah. How, how, how do you talk to your founders about that? You know, if, 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 if they're struggling with it and they say, I just want to hire an agency. Yeah. Like, what, what's the right way to do that as an entrepreneur? Well, you got to kiss a lot of frogs, but I think that you have to take a lot of those things internally and you have to try them. A marketing agency, the best person in their marketing is you, that they can sell something. Right. Um, and you're supposed to know your business very well. Nobody's supposed to know your customer better than you are. Nobody's supposed to know how to communicate with your customer better than you are. And if that's something that you allow another company to do only and you decide, well, this is not an area that I want to grow in. Well, if they decide that they want to hold you hostage, then what happens? Right. You got to either pay them more or they leave and then you got to, you know, you got to go and search for more people. So, you know, sourcing marketing, I believe that's something that you should really have a good hand on the pulse when it comes to that social media conversion, communications. You don't want to be the victim of your own success because you paid for somebody else to do it.
Yeah, makes sense, and it's and that's how we've approached it. You've met John, Jonathan's here in the behind the camera, but we we always felt like we have that story in house, and if we can't get good at sharing it, it's hard to hire someone else to propel that message. So a lot of the founders that come on the show and that pitch that you invest in are one or two person operations. Yeah, right. So when is it time for that person to stop? making the product or stop doing the service? Like how, how, what is that time period between when you invest and when you coach them into having a team? When again, sales can manage these things now, you know, some founders uh, decide to work a day job and then work a night job and, and do it for a long period of time. But when sales can command that you can bring in somebody to replicate what you do, you know, that's the person that you should be hiring, the person that can do what you do, because at least you know what that, that person's job is and if they suck at it, you know not to hire them. And if they're a rock star, you know at least you can leave that so you can go and start managing other areas of the business or outsourcing other areas of the business. And that's my theory. Other people come in and say, well, you need to know where your weaknesses are and you know you need to hire the people that are good in the areas you are weak at. Yeah, you can, um, but are there ways that you can have triggers set forth in hiring them? Three month test, two month test, one month test, uh, you know, hit this certain level of stuff like that. So you both can kind of learn how you work together and learn where the brand is going collectively. The brand and your company and your product or service will go various ways that you will never expect it to go. Um, but are you open to that anticipation and being able to deliver on that? Last thing you want is a customer who is seek, uh, seeking you out and you're saying, I don't want you, I don't care for you, or I don't care about you. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe or leave a review and share it with anyone in your network that you think could use the information. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on social at Chris Ronzio on all platforms, and you can find Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. We'll see you next time.